I get refused to come to England. And then I was detained in an airport. Hi, welcome to Norwegian Newcomers, the podcast where we hear fragments from the lives of Norway's immigrant population. My name is Vedran Natanovic, and in this episode we will hear about unfair rejection. She seems uh, she didn't believe me, unfortunately. It's a story of passion for music, traveling and filmmaking. That has really hurt me, to be honest, really. What can I do? We can't do anything. This is Leo's story. Leo, welcome to Norwegian Newcomers. Hi, it's a pleasure to be on your show. My name is Leo and uh, I work as a sound technician and live in Norway for a little bit over 10 years now. And how old are you? 35. I was born in 1985. Leo, I would like to ask you and to hear a little bit about your hometown, home country. Malaysia, it's a multicultural country. We have like maybe 65% Malay and we have like 22% of Chinese and the rest is Indian. And so the culture there, it's very mixed and the food is very cross-region and our language is also mixed up in a kind of a very cute way. I mean, I mean, I suppose they won't understand in China, even though if we are speaking that kind of Chinese, they wouldn't understand, but it's only in Malaysia. I speak Cantonese with my parents, and in school we learn Mandarin, and also Malay, English, and also that is why, yes, I know a lot of languages, but I'm not really fluent, uh, like, but I do understand uh, everything that you talk about. We have a lot of good food. We have satay. It's kind of a kind of grilled things with peanut sauce, curry sauce, and we have Malay size. We have the kind of curry which is different from the Indian one. And also on the Chinese side, Chinese food is not specially strong. Of course, you have typically like Sichuan. Then they you have a stronger spicy food there but mostly in china the food is not that spicy i come from a countryside it's a small town like maybe 10,000 population there it's very simple uh, i would say it's not too much complicated things i was like 14 years old and i joined school uh, guitar so you can say, and uh, I would get very attracted to music by that time and very fascinated to learn myself the skill, practice every day. And, and also by that time, you know, rock music is kind of a hard thing, you know, <laughs> you, you have to be very, very stubborn, you know, you, you have your own way to do things. And but through the years, grown up, that's is why I, I get first uh, touched with music and then slowly later on I decided to record an album and then I also get interested oh how people get record an album how things would place what kind of equipment that you need to record by the time the computer is already very developed so I don't need to buy two inch tapes to record an old rent expensive studio anymore 
So that is very good. And I think that is around in 2002. So I finished my high school and then I went to Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of Malaysia. For I studied for multimedia design for three years. I think it's fun to study, but most of my interest is go to the music site. And we have an agent which distributes us each night to different pubs. Mostly we are playing cover songs. I would keep doing like two years and I kind of feel should my life be playing like for my whole life like this. So I decided to make an album. When I decided to make an album, I quit the band and just to focus the composing and arranging things and kind of just relax and concentrate on writing and composing. It was in 2008. I didn't have any label back for me, so is this just independent record? I printed the 1,000 copies and maybe sold 700 copies. And after that, I was decided maybe I should travel a little bit, and I decided to come to Europe. And I did my backpacking. Different places, uh, it's kind of random. I didn't really plan anything. I flew to Frankfurt, and then Germany, the Netherlands, and also I get refused to come to England. The incident is very special. Malaysia is a commonwealth with England. So I do not need any visa. When I flew from Germany, when I landed, I have to fill in a form. How many days I should stay in England? And I very honest, I said one month. And then the custom lady, she immediately asked me, what are you going to do in England for 30 days? And then I said, uh, I'm going to travel England. And then she said, 30 days is very long. So she kind of suspect that I might be illegal working in England. And then I was kind of detained in an in a airport. I don't know, it's a room. You can watch a TV there, and you can drink something there. And then she has to talk to, with his supervisor and, and, and things like that. I was trying to let her know why it's 30 days, because I have planned all the places in England small towns, big cities, you know, because <laughs> I haven't been to this country before. I would love to see England. Not like a tourist, I mean, two days in the city and finish. I would really like to see how is the, the country. But she seems uh, she didn't believe me, unfortunately. I was refused to get into England. I was very disappointed. If I want to come into your country illegally, I could just say, I come in one week, why should I say one month? I'm very honest with you. Uh, so from now, from the refuse, every time if I need to go into England again, I need to have a visa. But Malaysia and England, they are commonwealth. So it's uh, kind of uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I haven't been to England, uh, to be honest, until now. If I have a chance, of course I will still uh, love to go to England. 
by any chance or, or any film festival if they would invite in future. But that has really hurt me, to be honest, really. So, you can say I met uh, my soulmate during the New Year trip. When I was traveling in Norway. But by that time I didn't stay. I went back to Malaysia and then, yeah, it took like a year. Okay, let's do it. You can say it, it's because of love. <laughs> Of course, in the beginning, I had to learn Norwegian, and then the weather is different, the food is different, and everything is very expensive. I don't have any friends in Malaysia I can connect anymore. I have to make new friends, and of course, the school had helped me, the uh, Norwegian language school, that I have some connection from them, and some of them are still very good connection, and we sometimes make food together and go and watch a movie together. But of course now, because of my work, I work as a sound technician in Filmset. The company started like 2019. Before that, I already work as freelancer. So my time is actually very, very unpredictable. Besides, I do the sound thing. I also rent film equipment like lights, uh, cameras, optics, a dolly. Anything you can think about. And do you remember your first time landing to Norway? I remember one incident. It's not landing, but when I travel, I was sitting on a flight. I think it was maybe a Norwegian flight uh, company that they accept Euro or Norwegian Krona. I ordered a tea and then the flight attendant, she said like two euros or something like that. And then the lady sat beside me, she said, Two euros in Norwegian krona is only like 10 krona, so it's like one euro. And then she said, let me pay it for you. I can pay it to you, it's no problem because I order it. And she just felt that it's so unfair because I have to pay two euros instead of 10 krona because I don't have the krona. So she kind of stood up for me and 10 krona is nothing, I mean. But uh, I get very good impression in that sense with Norwegian. When they see something is not right, they, they would like say up and trying to help. So that was the first impression. But was uh, the Oslo the first town you saw in Norway or? Uh, yes. Uh, I also been to Kristiansand. And of course, the opera has already opened that time. It's very new. And I remember also Alexander Rybak, he won the European Song Contest by that time. And he was like, uh, everybody's talk about him and yeah. So what was the year? 2009. I landed in the summer. I was kind of uh, think summer is hot here, but <laughs> this is the hottest you can get in Norway. Kind of 25, 26. But in Malaysia, it's like 33, 30, and uh, okay. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to Norwegian Newcomers and remind you that if you want to further support our podcast, we have a Patreon. There, you will get every episode one week before everyone else, and we will be able to continue with this project that we really love. You can find us at patreon.com slash Norwegian Newcomers, or you can press the link in the episode description. Thank you very much. It really would mean a lot.
Is there any uh, project that you are involved right now that it's ongoing? I have just finished a, a feature film. I work as a camera assistant. And also I have two documentaries project ongoing. One is about the Norwegian gay rights pioneer, Kim Frilla and Mekeloso. Uh, she is now 85 years now, still very active ladies, very, how to say, uncompromised lady. We have two main lines. The first main line, it's about the Norwegian legislation's change during the years, back from maybe 50s or maybe from more before until now and maybe future. And the other line, it's about her, how she started as a pioneer and how she met her partner. I wish to complete the documentary really soon, maybe in one year time. She's already 85 years now. I really want her to be on the premiere and and share that or celebrate everything that she did for the communities and the society and for maybe the whole Norway and the Scandinavian. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm really I'm really looking forward to see the movie and to talk about that on on every possible channel I can because that this is a really important thing and and a good thing. I'm really glad you're sharing that with us and we will inform when the premiere and when the movie will be out. And the other project you said one more? Uh that is a, a short one. Uh, it's a documentary about a boy or a guy who make food delivering. So I just follow on personal point of view how he go to work or what kind of preparation before he has to go to work. We see how he pick up the food and then delivered to a person, and then maybe could be some incidents happening before or so in between, or maybe his bicycle gets stolen or I we don't know because it's real world. So that is the plot. Do you see your future when it comes to your work profession here in Norway? Do you think it's a potential country for for your work? For now, I think definitely. I wish maybe in five, ten years, maybe could expand it even more, like perhaps a cross-country cooperation with different co-production. That would be very nice because one of my my dreams is just traveling without thinking. Just go there and let the people, let the place influence me. <laughs> also, it's I must say it's a kind of a treasure hunt. Of course, there's a lot of people there. There is those who understand in the future that we can like work together again and take care of each other. Some they kind of that's a mentality that I think it's very good. If you manage to have contact with those people, and also one thing because my Norwegian is not you know very good Norwegian, I felt that I need to use Norwegian to really come close or to open for them to open for me to come into the circles, uh, so to say. Yeah, it's not uh, that you can't work without Norwegian, but definitely that uh, to approach of uh, more to Norwegians in that sense, it will be easy. What do you think about Norwegians? It's very different. I can't just put a, a word on everybody's task. It's very unfair, I think. But mostly I feel you can say it divides in two parts. 
one part is like maybe the age maybe over 50 years the other generation is younger generation uh it's two different mentality the older generation they have more attitude uh, of course there's some young generation also have attitude but i think because of the separation there it's probably from the family and from the school that how they get brought up from their little it's very much to say because the older generation they let's say an example if they do something wrong they will say okay oh, oh sorry that's my fault if they do something wrong but the new generation they will try and say oh oh is this like that I didn't know that. So it, even though it's their fault, they were trying to avoid. But of course, now we are generally speaking, it's very unfair to some people <laughs> if they listen now. But what I'm saying is from my point of view, like renting out, let's say a, a camera that they said they should come at 11 o'clock and then they haven't heard from them. And when I try to call, oh, uh, I can't make it 11 o'clock. I will free five o'clock. But why don't you say it to me or call me, let me know. Because the camera, I have to get out from 2 o'clock, you know. And then I have to charge them extra because this is a contract. It says that you have to deliver in that sense. Of course, may some of it's not their responsibility to pay the thing. It's the company have to pay. Then you charge. It's okay. So communication. I also feel the younger generation, most people, they like to text. They don't call people. I mean those who are not used to use phone generation they always call or let you know i mean communication is always important when it's come to film industry and of course the young generation they have been used to that just an example most of the young generation they don't dare to pick up phone unknown phone they don't pick up do, do, do you experience that um no no <laughs> because, no, no, because I would say no for one reason, because I'm insisting and I'm going to inform you, I'm going to call you now. We won't uh, type, I'll just call you. But uh, to be honest, I, I'm not answering on unknown, but because of all those people calling from the companies selling electricity commercials blah blah that's the reason <laughs> but uh, let's combine that together because of i also get a lot of this unknown company electric selling and but you can just say to them i'm not interested um, sorry and uh, of course they some keep talking 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 and say oh sorry i have to hang it out you have the possibility to do that but maybe of the most of the young generation they didn't know how to reject people who say no to other things that's why they just okay shut down I don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to pick up any phone. I don't know. But you kind of shut down. You, you don't want to talk to people anymore uh, and instead of uh, writing a text. Sometimes text, it could be very misunderstanding. Of course, I. it's okay to text. I mean... I totally understand. Uh, it's different. It's that touch. That, that's why when, when I'm asking about oh, what's the difference Norwegians and us, I would say one of the main thing is the way of communication is different. Yeah. What do you think about that? I feel that Norwegian always need an appointment that if you need to talk or meet something or have a dinner, but this will never happen in Malaysia. You can just call and then uh, are you free now? If you're not free, it's fine. But in Norwegian, you have always can we have a dinner tomorrow night, seven o'clock at which place? Of course, the culture is different. Big because of the mentality to prepare 
from the older time, they have to prepare the food and and get everything, you know, that they could survive during the winter. That's get in their genes already. That is why they always need to plan things in advance. So to have a meeting, you always need to book a time or maybe somebody could be, okay, I'm free now. Let's go out. But but is there anything that you can say that you accepted or involved in your own personality that is kind of Norwegian? Yes, to be precise, to be on time. That's I really learned from Norwegian. I mean, relations, uh, there's like five minutes late. It's not late. But now I really get into my blood that be on time and don't waste time for the others. Do you have any favorite place in Oslo? I like... Um, actually, I like walking. Uh, I like to walk uh, because sometimes I, I like walk than to take a bicycle. Uh, I, I don't know why, I just... I feel much comfortable just walking, even though it's long distance. It it it's it's nice to walk. Yeah, ever since I moved in Norway, walking and as never in my life before. <laughs> it's I was always in a, in my car or or yeah. Do you see yourself in the future in Oslo? Uh, yes, I have now established my company and maybe a fusion with another company and maybe. I don't know, things is happening. I see a lot of opportunity in Oslo or in Norway. And one thing is the connection I built up in 10 years. I know who is the next person I want to work with. I know which person that uh, we have good uh, chemistry. And yeah, to move another place and start all over again, that could be a little bit exhausted, but I won't say it's a no, but Uh, for the meantime, yes, uh, Norway also is my heart. It's yeah, it's your base. Yeah, and home. Do you consider as a home? Yes. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It was really nice to talk to you, Verdi. Thank you. So see you soon. This episode was made possible with support from Bergis and Steve Telson and our members on Patreon. If you would like to support our podcast, search for Norwegian Newcomers on Patreon, Facebook or Instagram. We are back next Tuesday. Thank you for listening and take care.